0: Everyone, to Stethoscope, a podcast from the Northern Colorado Medical Society, bringing new scope on your community of physicians, healthcare topics, NCMS leadership, and more. You know me, I'm Paige, the executive director of the Society, and the lucky host of Stethoscope. Our mission in the Northern Colorado Medical Society is to advocate on behalf of our physician members to make sure we're encouraging a strong and healthy medical profession. A part of encouraging that strong and healthy medical profession is providing outlets for our physician members to get to know their colleagues and allow them to think outside the realm of the exam room. I'm so thrilled to introduce today's guest, Dr. Sarah Rowan, who started a portrait series to honor Black and women of color physicians on the front lines. Dr. Rowan is an associate professor of medicine, infectious diseases at the University of Colorado School of Medicine, and an infectious infectious disease specialist at Denver Health. Her interests in infectious disease are hepatitis C and HIV. She started a series of portraits that has truly turned into a movement of featuring our heroes. Dr. Rowan, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you, Paige. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Of course. So, I mean, what a journey it has been for you. I, um, I know that some of our physician members may be familiar with the movement that you started, but you'll be able to explain it much better than I can. Um, so we'll dive into that in just a second. But I'd love to just start with a little bit about you. Are you originally from Colorado? And how did you get your start in medicine?
1: Um, I was an Army brat. And then I mostly grew up when my dad got out of the military in Oklahoma City. Um, And then I did uh, college at Tulane in New Orleans, and I came back to Oklahoma for medical school, and I did um, a combined residency in internal medicine and pediatrics at Yale New Haven Hospital in Connecticut, and then I came out to University of Colorado in 2009 for my infectious disease fellowship.
0: Very cool. So did, when you first realized that you wanted to go to medical school, was it always going to be infectious disease? Was that always the passion point?
1: No, I um, wasn't sure if I wanted to do a fellowship or not. Um, I liked, um, I decided doing the combined residency that I liked uh, internal medicine a little bit more and Wasn't sure if I would be a generalist or a general um, internist and and pediatrician, Um, but I also liked critical care and oncology and especially infectious disease because I liked the opportunity to focus on every different organ system of the body. Um, And I didn't like being panicked all the time, which was how I felt in the ICU. (laughs) Infectious disease was a much um, more appropriate field for me to go into. And I have I've absolutely loved the field. Um, I love the uh, microbiology, the pathophysiology, my colleagues, the public health aspect, the global health aspect, um, and then even within the HIV field, there's a unique um, advocacy aspect um, in terms of um, funding to support ending the epidemic, creative ways to work on ending the HIV epidemic. And then within hepatitis C, there's also been advocacy opportunities to get um, the medications more accessible to to people who are really disenfranchised. Um, so it's just uh, it's just a, been a really wonderful um, field for me to be in. And then um, finally, within teaching, you know, the the teaching profession um, relies on uh, I mean, the, the medical profession I should say relies on teaching, and so it's just been a, a really fun field. Um, for, for teaching the next generation of doctors too.
0: Yeah, that's, I love a couple different points that you brought up there. You know, the advocacy piece, I mean, on my end, as a, you know, a community member that, you know, didn't go to medical school and I'm not working in infectious disease every day, you don't think about the advocacy that that's going to take to get the proper funding, to get the proper time um, in order to make sure that we are allocating resources to that. And then teaching, of course, you know, the next generation of physicians. What what has that been like from your perspective since COVID? Has it been, has it been tough?
1: I think it's been tough on the learners. Um, The the residents have pitched in and they're on the front lines um, as much as anybody else. I think for medical students, um, I think it's been a a tricky time. Um, They were definitely kind of pulled off the wards um, early on. We worked with a really, really bright group of medical students on um, a COVID nineteen learning series that we did um, virtual learning series, and the medical students did let reviews, which was really helpful early on um, in the pandemic. Um, but I, I do think this has been a, it's of really a challenging time for them. But on the other hand, I mean, what a great opportunity to you know to to put your training to work, uh, yeah, to be learning during one of the most unique times in our lifetime it's really interesting
0: absolutely and i I love that i love the glass half full outlook on it because i mean you're right and that they're going to have a piece of history as a medical student that no one else will have um, especially getting different opportunities like you discussed so yeah thank you for sharing that with us i appreciate it um yeah and i gave the the little teaser at the beginning about the movement that you started and some of our physician members may be familiar but um Let's just start at the beginning with that. Tell us about the movement and how it came about, and we'll go from there.
1: So um, our first cases of COVID-19 at Denver Health were in March, and I was on service um, covering the infectious disease consult service then. And it was um, really intense and, um, you know, I mean, scary in a way. I didn't personally feel... Too scared, but a lot of my, my colleagues did, and I think that, um, you know, it was just a really intense time. We were sharing protocols across the country and not really sure what we were dealing with, um, and a lot of us took on extra duties. We took on um, extra ward time, extra consult time, extra research. Uh, we pitched in, you know, for, for research studies, and so I think that, that first couple months were were pretty, just really, really intense. Um, and then I had a day off, well, I mean, I had, of course, plenty of days off, um, but I, on one day off in early May, I was catching up on some New Yorkers, and um, one of the covers is of a woman, it um, kind of looks like, to me, looks like she's a woman physician, though she could be a nurse, mm-hmm. or, a you know, RT or something, but uh, she's in full PPE and she's in a busy looks like an emergency room and she's FaceTiming with her husband and kids and you know, it's like their husband's bringing the kids to bed and it was just like oh it was just such a powerful cover I just loved it because um, it really felt like you know honoring healthcare healthcare heroes or just people in healthcare and acknowledging that you know we have families and it was having a, a mother represent a doctor which I thought was great Um. So I just, I love that cover. And then another cover was also really beautiful. It's of um, a black man who's sort of, I think he's like by the subway and he's in scrubs and he just looks exhausted. And I thought that was a pretty special one too. And you can tell he's a healthcare worker. You don't know obviously what he does.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then I was thinking about these murals around Denver. There's one that's a black man in a white coat. So it's like, you know, a, a black male doctor. And um, there's one of a woman in scrubs. So she's, uh, she looks looks white. Um, So just really fun art. And I have a background in um, art, a hobby, amateur artist. I uh, did um, art as a minor in college. And over the last 20 years since I graduated from college, I've taken classes here and there and just a hobby. So I kind of pay attention to that sort of thing. And I felt like this art is so nice, but why, why don't we have women of color as, um, you know, the healthcare heroes. I mean, Mm -hmm. nurse, doctor, anything, none of them were portraying, um, women of color, um, black women or or Latina women. Um, so I just had the observation and then I thought, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just try my hand at doing some portraits just for fun and see, um, I don't know, just, you know, post them on social media, share them with the subject, just a little bit. Yeah. So I put on this physician mom's group that I'm in Would any black or brown lady doctors like to share a photo of themselves on the front lines. And I think it really hit a nerve because, um, like 150 people shared photos. And
0: Oh, that's so crazy.
1: Yeah. It was like, Whoa, this is really powerful. How many people were happy to kind of share and, and, you know, just acknowledge that, yep, that's me. That's, that fits me and I'm on the front line. Um, So I thought, well, maybe I'll just put all these photos into like a collage and that will be, that will be the project but I'll do a few portraits. And so I um, saved all the photos in a Google drive and reached out to my friends and family who I know do art, just, you know, childhood friends. My mom's an artist. you know, kind of a wide range of people, like friends, friends, colleagues, spouses. And a lot of people said, oh, my God, I would love to do this. This is so cool. Yeah. And they forwarded the message to their um, their friends who did art. So next thing I knew, um, this woman who's an OBGYN in California sent me a, a portrait and it was like so good. And I was like, wow, that's OK. This is really happening. Wow. Yeah, a friend of a friend here in Denver, who's a CPA, sent um, a charcoal drawing that he had done and was like blown away by how good it was. So then I was like, well, I better get going on my own. <laughs> <And> <laughs> kind of, It just kind of snowballed from there. And um, with so many different, um, with so many different portraits already done and so many more to do, um, we decided my son-in-law um, is in um they're, a, they're like a videographer and creative digital storyteller and photographer. And um generally all around creative person. And I have another friend named Holly who's a graphic designer. So they said, well, why don't we do, um, Holly said, I'll do um, a portrait collage or a photo collage. And then Dave put everything up on a free website platform um, and just created the website. And then it was like, well, once you have, this gallery with like a hundred beautiful portraits. And so then we made it interactive so people could submit their photos or artists could say, I'd like to participate. um, And then I will send them like a file with available photos. So it just really grew from there. um, And it was kind of a surprise to me how successful it was, but we now have over like 230 portraits by a hundred different artists. Um,
0: it's It's been a neat project. Wow. Yeah. It, it gives me goosebumps, honestly, you know, hearing about it. And it sounds like, you know, you just had this idea and you had no idea that it was going to turn into turn into this and turn into, you know, people like me reaching out to you saying, you know, I, we have to talk about this amazing story. And, you know, articles in the Denver Post about you. Um, where do you see this going in a year? Where do you expect this is going to be in a year from now? hard right.
1: Because it was just kind of a volunteer project. And I have a full-time job and I have um, a husband and two kids and two dogs. So I don't really have a lot of time to to work on it. Uh, We got a nanny at the beginning of the epidemic, beginning of the pandemic to help us with remote school. And she has a background in um, public relations. So she's been helping um, a lot with um, with the digital files and stuff like that. So Um, things have calmed down now, but when it was really busy, um, her help with, um, you know, email correspondence and uploading files and keeping the website and the social media sites up to date was invaluable. Um, she was just like, just brilliant at that stuff. So I, um, I do have her help. So when we get a second to do another push, I would like to, uh, encourage more non-doctors to submit photos I have a lot of doctors and there's something pretty cool about the niche of women physicians of mm-hmm. um, color who are on the front line because that's, um, you know, that's a challenge in and of itself. As a lot of your listeners know, getting through medical training and being the lead of a medical team is, um, you know, that, that's that's an accomplishment that I have experienced in my life and I'm happy to honor you know, my, my fellow colleagues. Um, but I also think when you're looking at the front lines, we should be honoring the phlebotomists and the respiratory therapists, you know, mm-hmm. and so I, I want to do another push out to the general public and if anyone's listening and check out the website, um, and submit photos, uh, that would be one way to take it. And then, um, I, I think, we'll sort of see where it goes over the next few months in terms of um, more artists signing up. A few art teachers have signed up. So that's been an efficient way to get a bunch of portraits done. Yeah. <laughs> really fresh and cool, you know, for students. Um, the website is www.wocfrontlines.com. So wocfrontlines.com. So anyone's welcome to check it out and submit, um, submit a photo or request some information or offer to do some portraits if you're a visual artist inclined person.
0: I, it's, it's fantastic. And I mean, I've looked at the website. It's, it's really powerful to see. Have you been able to hear feedback from some of the women that you that you have maybe done a portrait of or someone else? Like, have you heard feedback from them when they see their portrait finished? Like, what, what has that been like?
1: Yeah. I think people have been pretty appreciative um you yes, know I mean there's been a few people I haven't really heard heard back from much but I mean of the like I said over 230 portraits I mean the, the major response is just you know delight like wow this mm-hmm. is this is so special um, you know I mean I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth what people have said to me is that they feel really special they feel really seen and appreciated Um, So that's, that's pretty, pretty powerful. Um, One other physician wrote a poem about, it was inspired by one of the portraits, so that's on the website. That was pretty cool. Um, Others have said they wanted to make sure that they could share these portraits like in classrooms for, um, you know, younger, younger girls to see these examples and role models.
0: That's amazing. And, you know, this, this, this may be a little bit of a tougher question to answer, and we might not have the answer yet, but something that our society as a component society of the state has focused on this year is diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and, you know, just continuing that. And so do you think that this project is a way for us to all have a conversation about, about women in medicine and women of color in medicine and opening that up for a deeper conversation? I think if that happens, that's a, that's
1: a really, really great outcome. Um, You know, it is just, it's artwork and artwork can be pretty powerful. And I think it can tell a story. Um, We do have links to donate to the um, SNMA, which is a um, nonprofit that supports, um, that supports people of color to go into into medicine. there's definitely a couple issues. One is that the the rates of people of color, particularly black um, students and Latino students entering medical school, just entering into, med- into the medical field um, is disproportionately low compared to the general population. So that's a problem, but then also, I think Um, Retention in academic centers is a problem, so people aren't necessarily given the support they need or they're asked to do uncompensated work, um, particularly as it applies to diversity and inclusion work. Um, People of color, I think, are disproportionately asked to do that work, and it's not compensated, and so I think that um, just, you know, blame racism that happens, and when that drives people out of academic medicine, then there's fewer role models for people um, so I think we have a representation problem in academic medicine, and and that's really affecting the pipeline coming into medical school. Um, but you know, there, there are, on the other hand, as the portrait series shows, um, you know, I mean, I think I, th- I think I ran the numbers at one point, and you know, a very significant proportion of the medical physician workforce is made up of women of color. And I mean, I think I, you know, not to to say that having men of color isn't important too. It's very important that we support black men to go into medical, into medicine um, and support our colleagues who are are physicians of color now. Um, But I I think that that sometimes we don't realize that such a large proportion of the workforce is people of color and um, they are, you know, saving lives um, every day in a variety of ways. And so just a simple um, thank you goes a long way, or you
0: would hope. Just a simple thank you. Yes, I, it, it's such a, it's a simple sentiment, but sometimes that's what people need to hear and you're, you're so right. And that's, I love hearing, you know, your insight. This is fantastic. Um, yeah, I just, I have, you know, one last question. Have you, is there a way that you've worked this into um, some of your lectures with your medical students, have you talked about the portrait series with them and have they given you feedback or what is that like?
1: I have not done that with medical school. I see medical students, um, on the wards. And so my um, interaction with medical students is largely clinical. And I think that's a great idea. I'll probably start working this more into, into lectures and, um, Sometimes I put the portraits as my Zoom background. Yeah. <laughs> it's my little tiny nod. Um, we've also used the portraits um, to be like running on a, a PowerPoint over a lunch break since you know, meetings are now all virtual. So you can have, a, we can, you can have these, these images as a backdrop. Um, but but really the medical school, University of Colorado especially has really embraced this project it's they highlighted it in um, I think it was like see You Today and and just sort of multiple um, publications and I, I really appreciate that I appreciate the nod from the university that um, that this is something that they're excited to see to see one of their own doing and it also is honoring many local physicians so a lot of the docs from Denver Health and University have participated as well as some of my friends from around the country as subjects and so that just makes me, you know, totally touched to see them.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, I just, I think that this movement has a lot of, a lot of life left in it. Um, And I know that, even talking to you today about it, I was inspired when I first saw it, but now I just feel even more inspired, and I wish that I could, I wish I had an artistic bone in my body so I could do a <laughs> portrait, but I don't, um, and yeah, we'll be sure to link um, the website um, inside the podcast description, and you know, Dr. Rowan, I just can't thank you enough for joining us today and your extremely busy schedule and, and sharing with us about this story. its It's incredible.
1: Well, thanks again for having me. I guess, just a final thing I'd like to say is that, you know, I, I'm white and I, um, you know, come from a very privileged background. Well, I came from a middle class background. Um, and, but, I, you know, I think that, um, I think that um, it's important that people who, you know, who identify as white use their privilege to, you know, to lift up others, to bring the concerns of our colleagues who are people of color or um, our patients for people of color you know, that we take it on ourselves. And, you know, portrait series is one way to do this, but um, more direct ways like equity in hiring and um, equity in pay. And it, it's, the thing that it's really important that, that white people get really involved in the efforts to improve health equity for our patients and, and parity and equity and opportunity for our colleagues.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much Dr. Rowan. I it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you all for listening in on Stethoscope and we will we will see you soon.